the Staff and Graph podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. In looks are salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. Well, Jesse, um, by the way, everyone, I want to apologize. Uh, Last episode's audio got corrupted um, when I was trying to send it. Uh, to our producer, it's been it's been wild, you know. I was I was, you know, there are a lot of things that happened, and then also, um, you know, I I've been working two jobs basically for the last uh, little bit as the you know as as my writing job, and then also kind of I was bridging the gap between uh, Stephen Ellis, who is now with um, Daily Faceoff, and I will miss so so dearly, um, and now we have Jonathan uh, Toffel, I believe, who is our our editor, our web editor at, at the Hockey News, um, and so. There was a lot of stuff, and then I tried to tried to uh, you know tried tried to send it over. Audio got corrupted, so that will be that will be forever in our podcast lore, Jesse. Our lost episode, you know, who knows? Maybe did Jesse say something so controversial that it corrupted the audio file? I think he did. Years from now, using futuristic, advanced technologies, mm-hmm. they'll unearth that episode. And they'll they'll clean it up. I'll uncorrupt it. It'll be us talking about PTO. I'll signing. fix the mess that you created. Yeah, it wasn't it, Mike's fault. I'm, I'm, I'm. It in, was definitely. I'm, unf- my fault. I'm unfairly blaming on Mike. Uh, but they'll listen to it and they'll think, "Wow, what an amazing thing to have experienced." You know, this peak into 2002 hockey. You know, back when there was only five players and a goalie, and there was 2002, one pot- 2022. Mm, I was going to say 2002. I was six years old in 2002, so uh, we have to go through the lockouts all over again. Oh, I'd rather not. Man, if, there, if there's a lockout, I think I'm just think I'm just tapping out. I think I'm done. You know, like I think like if we have to do we have to do a lockout, I think I'm I think I'm done. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. All right. Anyway, um, let's start with uh, the biggest news, uh, at least in terms of the on ice stuff, which is Matt Barzell um signed on uh on tuesday considering that this is wednesday uh that means it's yesterday um for an eight-year contract extension worth 9.15 million dollars per year this uh this one has some mixed reactions across the 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 board across the interwebs jesse i want to get your thoughts on it first and then well because we haven't discussed this off mic um so i want to i want to discuss this first with you and then see uh how we feel compare and contrast well here's the thing i have gone through stages in this because my initial take was wow that's a i feel like it's a lot yeah it's a potentially an overpayment right uh cory uh all three zones project did a really good piece about barzel it says like here's why some of the pieces like don't connect for him and i think the long of it is that he creates a lot of chances he, he gets across the blue line mm-hmm. with possession mm-hmm. at a rate that's insane. Right. But like the lethality of that is very low. <laughs> like the rate at which you get, you get scoring chances 
out of all of those entries is low. And okay. then like from a shooting rate, same, same story, Mike shooting rates, um, you know, passing rates, especially maybe a little bit higher, but then like the end result, not as great as you would expect. So mm. there's vol, there's a lot of volume with maybe not a lot of result. And I feel like, I feel like that does, I feel like that matches the eye test, right? Cause he's a lethal player. I mean, skills wise, I mean, I don't know that he lacks in, no, he definitely does. That's why that's why he got this money. And the cap's gonna go up, Mike. So my initial my initial yeah. thought of saying, like, well, this is kind of an overpayment. I don't know how much I like this. Uh, I that got washed away pretty quickly because he is, I think you need one if you gave him a little bit of a better supporting cast, you'd probably do some wonders for him. And then considering how much of a volume he has behind his passing numbers, like you know recipients matter right that's yeah. a big deal uh and then i think uh you know noting that there's going to be more money to spend and you're talking about this huge potential increase coming down the pike really doesn't seem like maybe in the future it's going to be like all that much money so uh look they is a very critical piece of their team right um a lot of their uh offensive output with regards to you know um attacking especially is, is coming from him um i don't know what where the Islanders are right now as a franchise and what their vision or goal. I mean, Lou certainly doesn't seem interested in like blowing up the ship and, re- and rebuilding from the ground up. Does he? Um, he that's not, but, but at the same time, Mike, like that you talk about a team that has like one of the, like that they did nothing like, you know, Romanov was the big signing, right? That was their big, yeah. That was their big move. And that was and that was an internal signing. That was a re-signing. Yes, they got him in trade, but like in terms of going out and getting external pieces, they really didn't do it. They 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 swung they got and Nikita Soshnikov. That's it. They they swung and missed a couple of times. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what they are. Right? They 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 were the identity of their coach who is now gone. <laughs> so that's yeah. not their identity anymore. But like I, you make this deal if you're them because it's you know if you if you're not going to turn the ship around, even if you are turning the ship around, like I don't know, I don't know. They weren't in a position where they're just like not going to resign Matt Barzell. They, they, it wasn't going to happen. Um, I've done enough talking. No, no, you're right. Like they they weren't in a position to to not resign him. But then like the biggest argument here is like yeah, okay. So you look at his numbers over the after he had a great rookie season, 85 points in 82 games, 22 goals, 63 assists. You know, like that's when everyone started to realize, like, oh wow, this Barzal kid, like he's a star, like he's a stud. And then when Tavares left that summer, and everyone was like, it's all good. You know, Barzal's got him, like he, it's going to be great. And and to a degree, you know, that that's probably true. But um, the biggest the biggest thing when when you look at that is you go, okay, he hasn't hit twenty goals since in the in the five years since he has scored. He's never scored sixty five points. Um, you know, like that is that is. And then now, and, and especially even last year, he, he only got 15 goals and, and 59 points. And I get that it was a difficult year, you know, with, with COVID and the road trip and everything, but at a certain point you feel like that might've leveled out. Um, and then you go, okay, well, maybe his totals are down because uh, in the Barry Trot system, you know, it's all defensive and he sacrificed a lot of that offensive, um, a lot of his potential offensive production. So he could be, you know, so he could focus on defense. But then you go, okay, well, he didn't really, he wasn't really that good at defense either. I think Jay Fresh's stats had him in the 11th percentile of even strength um, defense. And so you look at that and you go, yes, you know, Barzal's a phenomenally talented player. Like he's got, he's got skill out the wazoo, you know, 
if you will. He's he's very very talented. You know, he's shown that he can be a dominant at least playmaker in the NHL um, when surrounded by really good players. Um, and I get that the cap's going up, but it's not going up. It's going up in a couple of years. It's not like imminent, you know, like it's right. not, it's not like next year, you know, the, the cap is going to go up the Islanders. We already know this Islanders team is not very good. Like, let's just be honest. They're not, they, ba- they barely made any tweaks and the last in last year's version of the Islanders didn't make the playoffs. They barely added to this team. Uh, they barely added to a team that didn't make the playoffs. Okay. So how much can we expect it? And then you look at their cap situation going into next season and they have, and, and like they, they have, I think it's like two UFAs that are coming up. And one of them is, uh, is Scott Mayfield, who you'd want to keep. The other one is Varlamov, who, yes, you, you want to go. So that's $5 million off the books. But you need to find new deals for, um, um, for Wallstrom, Kiefer Bellows, and another guy. And then you're factoring in, in Barzell's 9.125, uh, I believe it is, or 9.15, sorry. That, like, that, they, they basically don't have any money to add next year. And yeah. so, and then, so they're, they're going to be stuck in this same, like we, the same sort of s- striking out on, um, striking out on these deals, striking out on these players uh, and striking out on these free agents uh, because of the lack of cap room. And, and like a lot, like this is, and then when you come down to it, you realize this is an incredibly important contract because now the thing is they're essentially hinging their future on. Well, now that Lane Lambert's in charge, he can he can allow Barzell to run wild, and Barzell will become that you know dominant at the very least playmaker again. Well, that's a big if because he hasn't been dominant playmaker, um, at least raw production wise, uh, in in five years. So it's this is this is a big, this is a big risk. Like it, it could it could end up looking really good if Barzell performs to the degree that people either expect him to or that he once even that he, that he once did you know having a number one center who scores you know over a point per game for 9.15 million that's fantastic um but uh, but then like if he doesn't if it turns out that he's actually you know maybe just like a 70 point guy you know maybe he's like a he's like an 18 goal you know 60 assist guy like which is good fine whatever but like for 9.15 mil that's a lot especially for a team that's capped out and already has difficult sign difficulty signing for Asians in the first place this is a big risk in my opinion i i don't know how i feel about it yeah um i mean you summed it up there too and i and look i think you were very fair about his defensive performance right uh thank you i don't i think it's been mid right yeah. i think it's just been mid i don't i don't i think it's mid. it's too too a lot of people are really really uh harsh on the criticism of his defensive game but um i think it's, one it's area, an overcorrection they're harsh on this defensive game because it's an overcorrection because people are using the defensive argument like that they're using that argument to justify his low like offensive numbers yeah. um i remember not this year maybe it was two years ago or last year one of those years um uh Corey's tracked data again about matt barzell he uh in the games had tracked had zero uh is in the zero percentile, not zero raw number, was in the zero percentile of NHL forwards with regards of passes made uh as a defensive zone exit. So I think about that, like, you know, I think last year his you know defensive game was a lot better, but I would entertain some of the harsher criticisms in years prior. Because mm-hmm. if you're at that low of a percentile, Mike, like not having the puck in the defensive zone 
is generally indicative to me of maybe you not being there. Right? Yes. <laughs> so that number, seeing it improve as drastically as it did uh, year over year going into last year was, I think, a telltale sign that um, his participation level was much higher. That's good. But yeah. it's uh, it's it just seems... I don't know, man. It to me, it just seems risky. Like it's it's he's not a sure thing. You're you're putting a lot of ifs on this. There's a lot of yeah, if he can return to this, if the right. cap goes up, if this, if look that. Look at his peers and money. You know, I think that's that's what you have to do. It's like yeah, yeah, contract absolutely. and look at who else is making that kind of money, and then you you realize like wow, um, it is a lot. There there are potentially there are potentially some deficiencies in comparison to other mm. players in that range. Uh, those are all fair. Fair statements. And again, uh, this isn't to poo-poo um, on the player, right? Um, very good. Very entertaining. Um, great player for New York. But like, you know, these are questions I think are worth asking. So. Absolutely. You know, we're just asking the questions. We're just asking the questions. <laughs> um, all right. Speaking of uh, trying to find a good segue for this. Speaking well, I have one. Okay. Hit me. Hit me. Hit uh, me. You had a fantasy draft tonight, correct? I did. Yeah. Did you draft Anton Forsberg? I okay, so I didn't actually draft him, but I should have. You should have because, uh, you know, he like in legitimately though, Mike, in the in the in the discussion of fantasy hockey, like that isn't somebody to immediately go out and get on waivers if if you're in a league yeah. and he's not. If you, if if he's you get him on waivers, sure. Yeah, like no, I wouldn't go out and draft him immediately, but like you got to cons- with workload. I mean, you know, they just went and picked up what's his name off waivers, um, Magnus Helberg. Yeah, Magnus Helberg. So who's very intriguing, by the way. Yes, but like not not likely to take a 90% starts there. Uh, and then like this is like, what are we saying here? Five to seven weeks for Cam Talbot. It's a rib injury. Is that yeah, it's a long time, man? Yeah. Ribs tough. There's nothing you could do about it. It's not like you could put it in a cast. You know, you're just it's basically a question of pain management and whether or not that sucker is going to bust off and puncture your lung. Which you don't want. That's bad. In medical world, that's bad. I'm not a doctor, but I know enough to know that that's bad. You don't want to puncture a lung. They need yeah. to fill up. They have to fill up with air, Mike. That's part of the general function of a lung. To get Thank a hole you. in there. <laughs> Good luck. Thanks, with that. Dr. Jesse. I appreciate it. Um, busting off and puncturing a lung is just a uh, just an average Friday night for me. But anyway, um, <laughs> you're, you're, everyone knows how wild you are. Oh, totally. I definitely don't just like make my own dinner and then go to bed at like 10 p.m. Like, every night. I'm like I'm rubbing my crystal ball here, and it's looking into your Friday night, and it's you. And Steve Dangle yelling at each other playing NHL. It literally that's literally <laughs> it. It's just it's 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 Steve Dangle and I arguing about who who banged each other's moms better, <laughs> you know, and uh and then apologizing after because we both know that both of our mothers are lovely people and saints. Uh, that would never happen. You would saints. Never do that, yeah. Dorothy Mantooth is a saint. Um anyway, uh yeah, so Cam Talbot's out. This is that's that's a disaster. Like this is the Ottawa Senators have been getting the preseason hype treatment, you know, the team that just sucked a bunch of butt last year and now they're going to be now and now they've made a huge improvement like they really have and it's 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 wonderful to see like sense fans are feeling themselves for the first time since 2017 like this is this is great it had like the team is moving in a positive direction for the first time in a very long time and so they now and and it's just it is a shame to see cam talbot you know just sort of uh, uh, like right before the season starts be out for a very long time like at least the first month of the season um at the same time though this gives Anton Forsberg a chance to reestablish himself as a number one, because that's what he was last year. He did that. He came in in an organization with three goaltenders that were fighting for jobs. 
and he and he was claimed on waivers and he won it out. He beat out Matt Murray. He beat out um, Philip Gustafson and he beat out uh, uh, Magnus Helberg mm-hmm. or no, no, not uh, sorry. Hogberg, Marcus Hogberg, Hogberg was, is the last name. Um uh, uh, that goal, he beat out those three goaltenders to to re. Like he came in halfway through the season, he, and he he grabbed that, and then he earned a three year extension. Um, you know this this going after it, during the during the pandemic, he was put on waivers by three different teams. You yeah. know, in in the twenty twenty one, so it's it's great. And now, like this is why you sign this guy to a, to a deal, so he can come in and potentially stop the floor. And it's going to be very tough considering just how bad the Senators' blue line is. And Matt Murray's like looked pretty good, right? Oh yeah, like like people are. We're starting to get it's it's starting to get like Matt Murray hype season in Toronto. Like people mm. are starting to really get excited about him just because he loves being here. Like he's from Toronto. You know, he every single scrum I've ever been in with him now, like he just he starts it by saying how happy he is to be a leaf. Mm. Like now that we, we have open dressing rooms again um, for uh, uh, like, like for media, like right. we, like the, the rooms are open. Pandemic so, rules are yeah. gone. COVID just doesn't exist anymore, um, which is wild. And, uh, you know. And so, uh, yeah. And, and so basically he just like, like every time we talk to him, he's, he just like, he's just looking around at the Leafs room and he's just like, I mean, it's so cool to pull on this Jersey. And, and then he goes out and I, he's allowed one goal in three appearances. One of them being a full, uh, like he's allowed one goal in three combined appearances. Um, and one of them was a full like 60 minutes. He like, people are, are really excited. Yeah. Uh yeah, former Sault Ste. Marie Greyhound. So uh of course don't back up in uh and then Sam Sonner in doesn't look too bad either. Like it's the first Russian goalie uh for the Leafs ever. So it's very interesting. Yeah, interesting. I was th- like I was talking about that with uh I think it's David Alter, where he's like where he was like, Yeah, it's the first Russian goaltender, and I had to rack my brain and Someone like I think you do double take, like really. They've drafted them, but I don't think they've ever like played in the national yeah. hockey league. And they have t- at least two in their system right now. Um, un, like aside from Samsonov, like they've drafted two recently. They drafted Vladislav Peksa and Artur Aktiamov. Um, so maybe that could be a new sort of wave of, of players coming in. But yeah. anyway, um, so it's going to be Anton Forsberg season, and I'm really, I'm really intrigued by Magnus Helberg because he's a very interesting guy. Where he played very sparingly in the NHL um, a long time ago, and then he went overseas, and he has done nothing but just tear the KHL a new one basically like he yeah. has put up ludicrous stats in the KHL and then looked really good for Sweden in the Olympics then the Red Wings signed him last year and he just never played for them because he's you know he signed with them like you know in April basically like and they, he never got into a game I'm very intrigued to see what he can do um in actual NHL action because he's 32 you know like he's an older he's an older goalie yeah this is the next uh, Tim Thomas could be here's the thing this is a big, big deal for the senators because I don't need to tell you, you can look across the country and go over to Edmonton. Um, you could score a ton of goals. You could have an improved team, mm-hmm. you know, all that could be true. But if your goaltending stinks, yeah, um, it doesn't make a difference. So uh, yeah, it sucks. You know, it's not like he's out all year, right? Um, yeah. You know, it's not like Talbot's, you know, gone forever and never coming no, but, back. But it's a long time, man. A long time. And you look at that. Can the senators afford to be fall? two months? Can they afford to fall behind out of the gate? And then you think about it too, is this guy is 35 in that division. Can you afford? No, to you trail? can't. No, you can't. And then also like you think about it. Yeah. So even if he recovers from this pretty monumental injury, he's 35 and he's a goalie. Like he's going to be tasked with 
pain management, right? And yeah, and he's like, it's a pain management type of thing. He's 35 and also like, it's not exact. It's not like he's got a stalwart defense in front of him to, to shelter him. It's not like it's going to be Darcy Kemper from last year where the blue line in front of him is just able to, you know, to, to keep him afloat. Right. It doesn't make sense. So yeah, it's, uh, we'll be keeping a keen eye on that situation, Michael. Yes. I think we absolutely should. Um, right. Moving on again, we're going to try and keep this pod a little, a little shorter this week. Um, so I guess, uh, one thing we, we might as well address the elephant in the room, huh? Yeah. So people are going to be listening to this thinking we're going to like bring the goods. Like we're coming in with the hot goss. Mm-hmm. Bad so news, l- folks. <laughs> Listen, we don't know very much. Like Rachel is obviously not with the Vancouver Canucks anymore. You know, that report is out there. Um, and the little that we do know, we're not allowed to talk about. This is an ongoing, you know, legal, uh, legal situation. Um, but all I know is that I've seen a lot of rumors floating around, you know, all I know is that Rachel is one of the best people I know and rumors such as, you know, her, <laughs> let's just, okay. Let's just say this is not a try guys situation. Put it that way. Do you know who the try guys are, Jesse? No idea. Really? You haven't seen any of this going on on the internet the last little week? No, I mean, maybe. Maybe when you mention it to me, it'll like ring a bell. The try guys, they used to work for BuzzFeed. They're these four guys. Um, and they would make videos where they just tried stuff and they became extremely popular. And so they they left BuzzFeed to form their own company and YouTube channel and and, and all that. And it, be, it's, it became incredibly popular. So I think they have like 9 million subscribers on YouTube. They're oh. they're really big. Um, and they, they were four members. Those It's Eugene, Zach, Keith, and Ned. And Ned... Um, his entire personality is that he loves his wife, you know, that he's, he, he's, you know, like it, that's literally like the meme with him is that he always mentions his wife all the time and he loves his wife and this and that and the other. Um, and then it was revealed by fans, uh, in like Reddit threads and stuff, just by people who saw them in public that he is, that he was cheating on his wife with one of the producers, um, from the company, mm. like one of the producers, the channel. And, uh, and, and it's a big deal because again, this is Mr. Ned, I love my wife guy. Um, so that's a big, that's a big no, no. Um, as someone who is married, Jesse, I'm sure you can, you can agree on that. Um, (laughs) that's that's bad. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, let me just say, it's not a drag guy situation, you know, like that, like I'm seeing things like, oh, she was clubbing all the time and that's why, or she, you know, she's. Like I saw some that are like she was sleeping with players. No, mm-hmm. none that yep. could not be further from the truth. Like, Ra- like we Rachel is a remarkable person. She's a professional person. She is an incredibly accomplished person. Um, let's just say like the truth is going to be told eventually, um, and I'm very very excited for when that day comes. Um, but in the meantime, uh, the people on the internet who are making up stuff. Um, or who are, are putting these outlandish uh, rumors out in the ether. Don't because uh, you're wrong. And that's not the way that it happens. <laughs> yeah. I've, so I've, I'm going to keep this short. Cause I, yes. I like, I can talk about my list of grievances all okay. night long. Um, to your point, like I, I know nothing. Um, mm-hmm. My first text to Rachel was like, Hey, are you okay? Yeah. Like, 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 let's talk about you. <laughs> like what's going on? Like with you personally, how's your, how's your status? Um, can I do anything for you as a human? 
because like, and I'll start with Rob Simpson. I don't care. Like I'll drop the name right out of the gate. Cause he's the one that sent oh, yeah. a tweet, like who referred to her uh, as, a diversity, as a diversity beacon. beacon, which is absolute ass because uh, that's not what she got hired for. And she wasn't the first woman to get hired by the Canucks this, this last year. Like that, that was already, that had already taken place. Like we were well past that point. The Rachel was not the first woman in the door there. So calling her the diversity beacon is extra confusing to me because there were already women that had been hired by Vancouver. So explain that one, Rob, <laughs> I'd love to hear your answer. And then like, what about calling her like a data analyst or, or a coach because she was on the coaching staff, right? When her departure took place, Bruce Boudreaux made that announcement at a golf outing. <laughs> That's how people found out about it. Mm -hmm. So like, I just want to be clear that, that I think a lot of this misogynistic criticism of Rachel, the suggestion that she's sleeping around and that's why she got let go, the suggestion of her being some loudmouthed social media presence, and that's why she got uh, that she got fired for that. None of this stuff is, has any basis in reality. The, 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 the story will matriculate out when it does, but just just know you're showing your whole ass when you make those statements. Like you're, you're, you're telling the world who you are as a person when that's your go-to because that's like no normal human, ma human male <laughs> yeah. should look at the situation and have the initial thought in their mind of banging dudes. That's what it was banging guy that you need help. If that's what you're going to initially, that's your first, the first thought that's fostered in your peanut brain, you need to seek a therapist because that's not normal i i and, and that's it's it's from top down like that's all it is i've seen a lot of people you know in the age range of 18 to 21 uh, uh really flexing their jealousy that rachel was working for in the national hockey league mm -hmm. uh, and has worked in the national hockey league several times and they haven't um and their takes suck and they're living and you know by themselves in a horrible uh depressive life and they're getting angry online about it so um, you know, it's just been disgusting to be frank with you. Like I've really tried to avoid it because I'd spend all day long, um, defending my friend, our friend. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's just people are showing their whole acts and I, I can't, I can't really say that enough because I think the adults in the world are looking at this, um, and are just like, man, you know, it's, it's, it's so funny, Mike, to me to not, it's not funny at all. Uh, it's not funny ironic is probably the better word um to watch like the these like hockey canada discussions happening yeah. and we'll about, get into that about we will about how there's like no culture problem amongst hockey canada and hockey in general and you know this is just a societal issue but then like you see the reaction to this situation with rachel on like hockey social media and hockey twitter like look at that reaction like, I think that the Hockey Canada execs should have to sit down and read through some of the stuff that gets said to, I don't know, Rachel, Shayna Goldman, any woman working in this industry, literally yeah, like, any woman in this industry with a public profile. Like, yeah, it, 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 that's it. I mean, you know, um, so you can not like Rachel as a person. I think that's fine. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that everybody has to like Rachel. Um Rachel I mean, would probably laugh at me sh saying she's not for everyone. <laughs> like, see, that's like, I think she'd be happy to have people walk away from her. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, you, you know, you don't have to be, uh, 
misogynistic uh, jerk. Here's the thing about Rob Simpson. That's very well said. That's very well said, Jesse. Thank Thank you. Rob Simpson. Um, he's a coward. Um, he writes for uh, a site that has to use those inflammatory headlines to stay relevant because it's certainly not due to its content. And it's just, uh, I, I, I'm not, I have to measure my words here. Because I, it's on the same boat. Like when, when it's just so reductive yeah. to me, like, I don't think, and I, and I'm not, neither one of us will mm. say are privy to the full amount of work that Rachel's done. Right. No. Like I know the work, I know what she does to like, a, to like, a, to like a level of like a generality level. And I, I know what goes into it. You know, I know, uh, it's a lot, but to take all of those years, right. And mm-hmm. to summarize them and bow them up with the, like the, the ultimate, just saying a diversity beacon, like that's so in, insanely, ang- it angers me to like no end because there's so much work that goes into this. Also, outside, okay, first of all, like if we're comparing accolades, um, Rob Simpson doesn't hold a candle to Rachel, uh, obviously. Um, but like Rachel is, has accomplished so much outside of hockey too. Like before this, she was like, she was working an extremely important job for like a major bank in Canada. She she just like she just def- successfully defended her thesis, you know, for getting her uh, getting her masters. Like she like this is like I'm 26 years old. Wait, I masters wasn't did she was that what it was? Did she I think go- so. Okay, <laughs> I can't I remember. Like she was she was coaching the York U, uh, like coaching and running the York U, um, like like hockey program. She's 20. She was 25 at the time. 26 now. Yeah. Look at like look look at I'm 26. I've accomplished none of that in my life, you know. Like and so it just boggles my mind for 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 just an absolute doofus <laughs> like like Rob like Rob. Sure. Simpson and people to, said, well, you know, he wasn't saying that she's that. No, he's no, saying that people say that. She, no, that no, 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 no. Shut up. In the tweets. You you no. You made that the headline. And, and, exactly. and then he doubled down on it. Screw you, man. Like, like, and, and this is also the same guy that referred to the Jake Vertanen sexual assault allegations that were in court and everything as willy weirdness. Did you not see true? that headline? Well, I didn't. And so, so basically he like, which translates to penis weirdness. So <laughs> do you, do you realize that he taught, he referred to sexual assault allegations that went to court um, that were not disproven, by the way, they were just labeled not guilty. That's not cleared um, as penis weirdness, basically. Willy weirdness. Huh? Absolute, boys will be boys. Boys will just, be boys. Just a complete doofus. And speaking of doofuses in Hockey on this Canada. Realm, Hockey Canada has had another potentially most shameful week. Um, to the speak- point, Mike, that, that Tim Hortons is out. And Scotiabank just now. Oh, they I missed said. that. Okay. Yes, wow. they just now. This is what's going to make real change. So basically, the money. It's the money. Yeah. So so the the now the new um, newly elected chairman or chair chairperson, sorry, of the board, um, Andreas Andreas Skinner, uh, uh, was sort of subpoenaed. I guess she was she was put in front of Parliament, um, asked to testify, and her opening statement is one of the most callous, um, misguided, uh, uh, like hard headed 
things I've ever I've ever had the displeasure of listening to. She essentially start she did the Trump defense where she blamed the media um, for for whipping up all this controversy around uh, around her organization aiding and abetting multiple gang sexual assaults. Um, and on top of that, she she then said, you know, when it comes to to potentially, you know, dis- either dissolving Hockey Canada or having the board step down or having the pre- the leadership step down as, you know, will the lights stay on in the ranks? I don't know. Saying that Hockey Canada is so it so vital um, to the game of hockey, to the success of the game of hockey as as like just a just an entity um, that they should be immune from all this. Um Hockey existed well before Hockey Canada. Hockey will exist well after Hockey Canada is eventually dissolved um, because this, because of just the absolutely abhorrent uh, uh, ability for them to to run a, uh, like a, run a run a company, run an organization that doesn't harbor and and empower sexual abusers. Um, they were they just discovered that there was a a, a second hush fund. Um, so uh, on another top of the, 17 million, by the way, in that 17 mic. million dollars. And this is a hush fund of res- registration fees. A dad signs a kid up for hockey. Part of that money goes to paying victims of sexual assault to not come forward and get their justice, including but not limited to sexual assault settlement yes. negotiation fees. That's what the, the language in the uh, uh, fund states. And Mike, when they were asked about this uh, under oath, they, they didn't lied. tell the truth. They didn't tell the truth that this fund existed. Now that's what um, we call perjury. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. And they got taken to task on that. Um, they tried their answer. And and by the way, shout out to Katie again, Katie Stringer, Rick Westhead, who both had comprehensive coverage of this uh, meeting. Um, their answer uh, to that was, well, it's also used for other stuff. but that but i have to get back to like the calling out of the culture right like as this this is not okay we can't question the culture of hockey the example that i gave on twitter mike was saying it's like a a, you know a guy going to court for sexual abuse and his defense is a lot of abusers out there just yeah what are you gonna do Uh, a lot of them can't do it can't get them all can't get me like uh, what are you gonna do about me man can't, can't get them all like give me a break like this is absolutely unbelievable and i want to remind you right mm-hmm. like there's a famous i can't remember this kid's name i meant to look it up before the podcast i forgot it i think it's tommy mm-hmm. he's from boston he's a huge tiktoker mike yeah he's like a heavy boston accent where he, he like does these tiktoks where he like pretends he's in a hockey house okay and spits out like all this lingo right and like basically makes fun of the culture oh yeah and, yeah okay yeah 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 you know who i'm talking about mm-hmm. yeah like that's real man like, oh absolutely dude like, i played it I like played your sister's it. a rocket like yeah and that's like pre i'm old like i'm in like my 30s now and like that's you know it was different yeah that's <laughs> over for you man. it was a different kind of toxic in my era and like i didn't you know neither one of us that's and that's neither one of us played at an important level mike and we experienced it to some extent like we all, everybody that has been in a locker room has, you know, I, I go back to Aka Malu getting, sh- you know, everybody in the bathroom of the bus and shutting him in it. Like just, you don't ever fix the problem by refusing to acknowledge that it exists in the first place. And that's their goal. 
They keep talking about executing their plan forward, but the plan forward doesn't include any acknowledgement of the things that have gone wrong, nor does it entail telling the truth about how deep the wrong go, the wrongdoings went. And I'm not here to tell you USA Hockey is blameless, Mike. Oh, no, my goodness. No, no, no. They just haven't been caught, right? Like, I'm sure, like, you go back to the 80s when they were trashing hotel rooms and, like, you know, all that stuff. Like, it, it you know. I'm not here to tell you that there's an insidious history of sexual assault in USA hockey. I'm saying there's a history of like players getting drunk and doing dumb stuff. Like this culture is, is again, not just limited to this one area. Mm-hmm. And I think just saying, no, 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 this is a societal problem, not a hockey problem. is just so short-sighted and it makes me question how much time these people spend around the rink. Do you are like, do you, go to any events for hockey Canada? Like, are you around at all? Like, I don't know, man. Ah, it's just, it's sad that we have to keep doing this and having these conversations over and over again. And it's, you know, I love the game just as much as everybody else does. Ignoring this stuff isn't helping the game. Yeah. Also speaking, the fact that we, um, that we were just talking about, and we have one minute left before the zoom call ends. So, um, I'll talk about this with you off mic because uh, we, we might just do an insert or something to update it. But yes, you're hundred percent right. I I'm, I just don't like, now we have Tim Hortons pulling its sponsorship. Now we have a, a, a of men's hockey, specifically men's because this is what's like, they're not going to, they're not going to, what I like is that this is not going to leave the women's games or the, or the youth games completely, you know, underwater. Uh, but it's Tim Hortons and Scotiabank, two of the biggest, most important companies, um, in, in the nation pulling their pulling their 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 support that is a that is a potentially fatal blow non-insignificant um, yes so it uh yeah so i think we're gonna leave it there jesse yeah um, we're, we're gonna talk about hockey mike it's, at some point at some uh, point once it's hockey let's soon. talk yeah. about hockey <laughs> we're getting there yeah um on that note farewell um and uh say hi to your cat for me uh we'll do that see you soon <laughs>